As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, Debbie. Hey, hello. I'm so glad to have you on. So if you're listening, Debbie and I know each other pretty well. We have been working together for, we worked together for like two years, right? We did. Two yep. years. Uh, you want to tell the story? Of how sure. it all came about? It's a good story. How it all came about? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I joined Megan's uh, Mastermind and um, I don't even know how I found you, but one day, you know, I'm sitting in bed rolling through Facebook and Megan is launching and she's moving and I'm fascinated moving houses. houses. Yeah. Moving houses. And I'm fascinated because she's like running around in her t-shirt and ponytail showing us the boxes and she's launching. And at the time I was very new to being an online coach. And, you know, I was like, here's this really cool woman who's launching and she seems really smart and really has this down. And then she's moving in the middle of it. I'm like, okay, wait. Okay. First of all, I am a wreck when I'm launching. This woman is doing it and moving. So I was like glued to my phone every night. So I was one of those, uh, sneaky watchers that never, you know, drop a like, never drop a comment. That's me. And every night I'm like, you know, watching and I'd go to my team the next day and go, I am, I am watching this Megan Huber. And it's just, she, her ideas are amazing. Listen to this idea. And every day I had new ideas. And finally, one of my team members said, would you just give this Megan a call already? Like yeah, every day you come in telling us about this Megan. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I should do that. And so anyway, yeah. Yeah. I to call. And then it was like, okay, uh, let's go. Let's yeah. I, so I remember that call and I, you were so delightful to meet. And I was selling my, at the time I had a flagship program called Momentum. Yeah. Which is what that launch was for. Right. And so Debbie was telling me all about her business experience. And she's telling me like, I, I think you had grown like six businesses. You had sold, you've sold one or two, right? I haven't sold any that that would have been a smart move. I wish I had, but I'd started some successful businesses and, you know, I've been doing, I, I've been an entrepreneur for gosh, like three decades. Yeah. So. 30 years. So she's telling me all this 30 years building all these businesses and in, in lots of different industries. She's telling me all about her background. You had already had success in your yeah. newish, like this was like your yeah. seventh business. And so I'm thinking yeah. in the back of my mind, I'm like, Debbie's going to eat the level of client in momentum, like alive. <laughs> and she's, I'm just thinking, I'm not saying this out loud to her, but I'm like thinking it in my mind. And I'm like, She's got so much business acumen. She has so much experience behind her. And I'm like, she does not need to be in that program. Like she totally is a fit for my mastermind program. And so I told you that on the call. I was like, you're not a good fit for momentum. You should be in my mastermind, which I never talked about. And she's like, what's this? And then like five minutes later, she's in the mastermind. That was in 2020. Yeah. I remember that. I remember like, you're not a good fit. And I was so disappointed that I went, Oh, I know this means it's going to cost me a lot more. <laughs> she like tells me about it. I'm like, yep. I'm like, okay, that's all right though. I want it. I, I want whatever you got. I'm in. Yeah. So, best decision ever. Yeah. That was, a, that was a knee jerk. I mean, not knee jerk, but I, I was listening to my, we were just, we were talking about this. I was just really listening to, and everything in me was like, yes, I don't know why, but yes. Yeah. So glad. Yeah. So glad I yeah. said yes. So if you've been listening to the show, for a little while, we are a little over a year in and the way that I had been structuring, you know, we have two shows that come out a week. I do a solo episode. I do an interview style episode. And I've been telling some people this, like the first year, literally almost all of my interviews were people who I had, I had no idea who they were. They were pitched to me. And then the first conversation we would have, the first time I would ever meet them would be when it's time for us to press record. And so many of the, and I loved all of the episodes that I did for the first year. So much of it was about just talking about and giving business tips. And so if you've been listening, you've probably heard lately the last five or six shows, I've really transitioned into 
having this more just very natural, organic conversation where you as a listener feel like you're sitting here with us, like underneath a blanket on the couch, getting to listen in on the types of real conversations that we're having with each other behind closed doors. And I think I went for so long in the last year and a half, having these private Zoom conversations like connect calls and coffee chats, or just like chats with you guys as clients. I mean, your clients become your friends and we talk about this kind of stuff. And I'm like, wait a minute, people need to hear this. Like, This is the kind of conversation that people want to hear. And so now the way I structure it is we literally like come on the call, we chat it up for like five minutes and I'm like, let's just see what comes up in conversation. And we're going to go in that direction. So we're going to talk about like transitions and um, following your gut and listening to yourself today. And that was such a good story because it really does illustrate, it kind of like brings people to where you are now, Debbie. Mm-hmm. I mean, someone who has built, you're now in your seventh business. Like talk about technically six, but I'm kind of lost. Technically now. six. Well, I like the number seven. Seven sounds it does sound better. better. I bet I have a seventh in there somewhere. There's probably is, but like, just think about that. The number of times that you transition from one business to the next. Mm-hmm. Let's just like dive in right there. Like, what's it been like to be an entrepreneur for thirty plus years and start businesses, close businesses, start new businesses? Like, talk about that. Let's start there. Well, I definitely did a lot of things the hard way. I'll say that with on my own with no support. And that's definitely not the best way. Um, there's a lot of reinvention that happens, but of course, most of it happens not externally, but internally. You know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a brand and marketing specialist. So externally people can see visually or message wise these things, but it, it's all from within. And the cool thing about it is I love learning. So it kind of makes sense that I would keep starting new things because I love to learn. Um, but the other thing is, is just doing this. I, if I could just go back, there's so many things I would have told my younger self during some of those businesses that, you know, I mean, I had some, I had some failures in that mix and I had some, you know, big successes, but the failures, even the successes, I did a lot of that stuff on my own. I didn't have any support and um, that was a mistake. But I think what you and I were talking about is no matter if you're getting amazing coaching and support, which I'm a huge proponent of, there is a definite need to balance that with your own knowing and your own listening. And having been in this current you know, job, the company I own now um, for, gosh, I think I'm on my third year. I just surpassed my second year last summer. I'm still new in it. I still think that's relatively new, but I'm just not getting to a place where it feels like I really am making those decisions from, from my own knowing. And it's so much easier when I make those decisions, all the other decisions, if, if I'm struggling and I'm fighting it, I'm fighting it. It's probably because it wasn't my own um, intuitive sense of knowing. So it's just interesting to kind of watch that unfold and be okay with it. Yeah. So I want to dive into that concept a little bit more. Sometimes it is challenging to articulate what we mean by that. Mm-hmm. and. I mean, I know in the past, I get it now. I get it now. But in the past, when somebody would, when I would hear somebody say that, like, I'm going to follow my own intuition or follow my gut or listen to my own inner knowing, it's like your mind goes to as the listener, yeah, but how? Yeah. Yeah. But like, how do you do that? What does that look like? What does that feel like? And I mean, obviously, you have coaching programs. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, and so do I, it's not like we're against having coaches or being part of communities or, you know, having guidance of any kind, whether it's a course or it's a mentor, right. But it works so much better when you are following your inner knowing. So Mm -hmm. whether it's stories or examples you want to share, like, what does that look like to you in your life and your business? What does it feel like? How is it different from not following your inner knowing? Yeah, that's it's you're right. Let's 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 land the plane on this, I guess. So I have hired a lot of different coaches and yourself included. Now we're no longer in that container, but um I've had other coaches and I'm going to use some examples with some other coaches. Um 
sometimes I think that I will project, certainly this person is an expert. They must know better than me. And I think we all have to just right there. I think that's a problem. (laughs) I think there are people that are experts in their given area, but you still, you just can't forget that you're still the CEO. You still have more access to more information than they ever will. And I think I, I believe sometimes I'm a little too quick to dismiss that and just kind of go, well, you know, they gave me 15 minutes of their time, which is highly valuable. And this is what they think, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what I should do. It's, it's really more of that's a great idea. That's a thought. How can I like land that thought, if you will, but do it from a place that I really know is uh, where I should be. And that requires me to tap into some other, there's, there's, it's so much more complex in making decisions. And I'll just use one tangible example. I've had a coach say, okay, I think your one-year program should be six months because if you want to attract certain type of clients, they want to get there quicker. They want a shorter program. I think you'll you'll attract higher, higher end, higher type clients. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Well, and then of course that also, if you keep the price basically the same, that pretty much doubles the cost of your program if someone's going to continue on and actually be there a full year. So on paper, this sounds great. So I switched everything up and like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get people, you know, I can get them there in six months was my answer. So if that's the answer, that should be the length of the program. And so we made all the adjustments internally, all the, everything from the marketing to the program itself, to like making all kinds of maneuvers, switches. I told my program members, this is what's going to happen. And then I got on a call with my, with my program. We got on this beautiful call where a class was graduating and I'll do this. And um, we were just sharing some, some wins and takeaways. And I actually asked them to share their most audacious goal of the year and that they set for themselves and what the outcome was. That was the question. And then the response was so unexpected. Uh, Every one of them said pretty much joining this program was their big audacious goal and it allowed them to do more, more than they ever. It, it just kind of blew up. Everyone started like saying things about the program. And I realized on that call, the reason, part of the reason is because of the length of the program. Like maybe they can get there in six months, but they're not going to have this kind of connection. And it all came back to the connection. That's a long-winded answer. But I got off that and call and I was like, this is a one-year program. Maybe that makes sense on paper. And maybe if I was a strategist, I would suggest that too. But at the end of the day, I know that community is a huge part of what I'm doing and how it, the impact is coming across. So it has to be here. It doesn't matter. So I think it's those kinds of things. And that's just one example of we just, I think we all know more than we give ourselves credit for, but that said, this particular strategist gave me a lot of other ideas that do feel like they land really well. So, yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Um, how, like what we do with the feedback that we're given yeah, and what filter we're putting it through, you know, I'll use an example too. Now this is not a strategist telling me to do this, but Um, and you know, you know, all this, like I, um, one of the segments of my business have a business partner. And so we're creating a, we're not even calling it a program because it's not Mm -hmm. a program, even though there's program elements to it, we're Mm -hmm. calling it a collective and the place from inside of us where the creation began was all around community and collaboration and connectivity and, providing a a place and an environment where that is really cultivated for women entrepreneurs that are at a certain stage of business. That being said, when I talk to business owners, just like out in the field, not even about this program, mind you, one of the comments that I'm hearing a lot of people say, who are literally ideal clients for this, they're like, I'll never join a year long program again. (laughs) Yeah. I'll never join a year-long program again. And they have all their reasons why. Yeah, And I have to be really on top of that thought. Mm-hmm. And I have to stay really on top of why did I create what I'm creating? And from what place 
inside of me did it come from? Because we can be so quick, whether it's a strategist or a coach or a program we're in, or just people who you're talking to, if we let their thoughts and their reasons and their filter, it's almost like if it would be very easy for me to just like adopt that filter of like, ooh, but I can't do a year-long program because so many people have been like gypped and jaded from being in year-long programs that they couldn't get out of. But that's not the filter or the lens that I want to look through my life and my business from. And I think that's where we have to be really conscious of from what place are we thinking? I think that's another example of like, you've got to return back to your own inner knowing and not be distracted. Cause I would call that a distraction. Yeah. You know, that's like a distraction or like the strategist telling you like, yeah, are they, are they right? Quote unquote, or is it a distraction? Right. Exactly. Or, and, and and really what, if you break it down from an, there's a a knowing and a feeling, and then there's the, the analyzing it, you know, and just going back to that same example I used, yes, on paper, this looks really great. But when you start looking at what are people getting out of the program other than, and then what the women that are attracted to me, yeah, they want to make money, but it's bigger than that. They're there for impact. There's other things they care about more. Um, community is huge. So right there, if you take out something that is already so unique and amazing to hit a number and you're disregarding that information. And I think a lot of us do that. Like, yeah, that's the way to go. And then we're zigzagging all over the place and not landing where we need to land, but it's, you know, and I'm sure the listeners are probably thinking, well, how do you know, how do you know when to make that choice? And for me, it's listening. It was like, when I got off that call and sat down and thought about what I just felt and could I have that same response at the end of six months? And the answer was no, Hmm. that's all I, then I knew. So it's just like when you're exposed to, to, information that's telling you something like, don't discount that as being every bit as valid as what someone's suggesting you do or an expert opinion or advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the same thing with, if that expert opinion or advice lands on, I'm going to do that thing, right? It goes both ways and then run it through that same thing of, will I get, you know, if you're given information, um, is that going to land in the best interest of what I'm creating? And if that's a yes, then okay, that feels good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it really also makes me think like when we're making decisions about hiring mentors and coaches and joining programs, which I love being in programs. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm finishing up a business program that I won't renew in, but I'm in Liz's mindset program and I work with yeah. her too. You work with Liz. Yeah. Like you and I are both like always in something, but yeah, I love to be a part of something. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you love to be a part of the community and you do want access to other people's wisdom. I mean, it, we're all yes. collect, you know, we're like a collective yes. consciousness. So you want access to that. But I think when we're making our, you know, there's two things I want to say. I was having a conversation yesterday with two friends that are in the mindset program that I'm in. Mm-hmm. I was in Austin, they live in Houston. So we got together and we were talking about just in general, how it's easy to hire people because you've put them on a pedestal Mm. and then, but people are like entering into the relationship from that place, Mm. meaning like I'm down here and you're up there. And because Mm. I've put you on a pedestal, then it must mean everything you say is right. And everything I'm thinking is wrong. Mm. And I think they're like, it's not the first time I've heard that. It's probably the hundredth time I've heard somebody yeah. say that just in yeah. general about any experience. Sure. And I think a lot of people have that experience in programs where they entered into it from that filter of yep. you're better than me. You know, better than I do. Yeah. And then we're like, I don't know myself. And then that just sends you a little sideways in that container. I agree with that. And I, and I, I have been that person that has put someone on a pedestal and then you realize what if you look at it differently? What if this is how I want people to look at me? I don't want people to look at me like some, you know, demigod on a pedestal, all knowing, no, I have a lot of experience in marketing, but I really see my role as being a facilitator. I really do. And um, I love collaboration. And I do a lot of that. And I, I say this 
a lot of the women in my group that are not marketing experts can give every bit, sometimes even more valuable feedback than I can. Um, but it's, it's, it's directing that, right? Like it's a facilitator. So that's how I want to be. They, and my job really is to uncover what they already know about themselves. Just they can't quite grab onto it for some reason. And it's really an uncovering, but um, I have seen it. I've witnessed it. I've experienced it. And I think that's a very, uh, yeah. I mean, and if you think about education, it's interesting. I think when we were really young, we would do that with our teachers and put them on pedestals, but in, in maybe even in college, but if you really think about the teachers that you have a lot of respect for, and you learned a lot, it wasn't that it was, they were facilitating and uncovering of knowledge within you mm-hmm. that you could activate, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think sometimes you bring up a lot about this with sports and coaching. Um, I can think of, I, I did triathlons for a while and then I got into swimming and I had the most talented swim coach and she did win tons of awards, but she had the ability to facilitate a group of 150 adults, most of who are over the age of 45. <laughs> some of them are incredible swimmers. Some of them, she even had some former Olympians in her group, but all the way from former Olympian to like, you know, it's just still working on, you know, breathing every other stroke. And she would make everyone feel like their eyes were on them. I don't know how she did that. But there's an art to what she was doing. Um, And it wasn't like putting her on a pedestal. It was respecting that she, you respected that she was going to give you just enough. And it was all about your own growth. And, um, but I think kind of going back to how much, boy, this is a big topic. We could spend a whole day on this one, but how much of that is the coaches, where they come at it and what, coming out of their mouth and and how they're positioning themselves as the coach in that program and how much of it is maybe not trusting how much we we already inherently do know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the difference between an expert and a non-expert doesn't necessarily mean higher or lower it's just you're about to to you know share knowledge with someone that's really going to open a lot of insight yeah versus oh i know better and i'm going to tell you what to do yeah So, okay, you've got a business coaching program with a focus on marketing and branding and sales Mm -hmm. and growing and developing your business. Right. I imagine a lot of our listeners have got some sort of coaching or information expert-based business. So how do you marry those two things together? You are showing up, and I'm familiar with your program. You have a whole entire curriculum. There's teaching elements to it. Mm -hmm. But then we're also having this conversation around as clients ourselves, and then also our own clients, we also just want to like steward them accessing their own inner wisdom and knowledge. So how do you marry those two in your own program, the way you work with people? Not that it's perfect all the time, but yeah, well, I think you do this very well, Megan. I think I learned this from you. Just, just observing. I think first of all, as a coach, just remember you're the coach And you want, as any good, like keeping the sports analogy going, as any good coach would do, they're not going to get in the pool and swim it for you, right? They're going to show you some techniques with breathing, with stroke, and you're going to have to practice those on your own. And so I think just in, in everyday terms, I think we also have to message out. I don't know all the answers here, but I'm going to throw out some suggestions and I'll do that. I'll throw, I call it, I throw spaghetti on the wall if anyone else has a thought. But remember at the end of the day, you need to decide for yourself what feels true to you. Here's some ideas because I don't think there's any one way to do anything. I don't think there's any one platform to market on. I don't think there's any one way. Here's things that typically work. Um, I also think we all have to lean into what, is feels more comfortable to us. What's more natural to us. But I think a lot of the onus is first of all, on how we talk about what we do and um, being careful not to say, here's how you do it. Here's what you should do, but here's a thought. I'm going to give you a couple options. 
but the answer ultimately relies with you within you. I think that languaging has to be a part of the discussion or it can definitely come across as she's all knowing, just ask her, she'll tell you what to do. And then they're not taking it upon themselves to actually learn, learn these skills. So it becomes their own. What, yeah. what, do you, what do you think about that? So this is so interesting. Um, I actually brought this question, like a similar question up to Liz, right? Yeah. So um, Debbie and I both work with the same mindset coach. Um, I've known Liz for like four years. You've worked with her for over a year, I think, like year and a half or yeah. something. Yeah. And so I'm in her masterclass and I work with her privately. And I can't remember the exact discussion. This was maybe two weeks ago and we were on a group call and I think it was a call about quantum Mm -hmm. and like the conscious collective. And then I was talking to her privately and I was like, why do we even need business coaches then? Because we were kind of talking about this thing, like each of us really do like, no, like we each know exactly what to do, where to go, how to be all the things. Yeah. And so I said to her, I was like, look, I'm going to be honest for like the last however many years, six, seven, eight, nine years. I've always like, that's been a thought that I've had in my mind. Like if we're all knowing, then why do we even need experts, coaches, guides, Mm. whatever? And then I just wanted her opinion. I was like, well, what do you think about it? Like, what do you think? Is there really a need for it? And her her response was really interesting. Um, she was like, well, definitely when people are newer, like when you're brand new at something and you're a beginner, and I don't just mean like you just started a business yesterday, that's one kind of new. Yeah. But then I'm stepping into new things as a 10-year business veteran that I've never done before. Sure. You're stepping into new things for the first time as a 30-year veteran. Yeah. You know, whether it's like growing your business through speaking or it's learning SEO or it's learning a new social, right? Like we're all beginners at like a next new thing. And so she was talking about that. And then I was like, well, what do you think about business owners that are further along in their journey? And um, she goes, well, unless if a program has like zero mindset in it at all, Mm -hmm. then it's probably not as helpful than if it does. So that was just like, you know, I think a lot of us that are in this business category, when we're having this conversation around, you know, our business coaches, or even we as business coaches are guiding people to go in a, in a certain direction, but then there is this, but what, you know, human, what do you think about it? How do you feel about this? Where do you feel called and pulled to go? And I think there is a dance as a coach and a facility, use the word facilitator and an expert. I think you have to be insanely self-aware as a leader, mm-hmm. extremely self-aware, because I know there have been times in my career where I will default to just telling people what to do, yep. but it comes from a place in me that's a place of lack. Mm-hmm. So when I do that like heavily and I rely on that, mm-hmm. the thought is, but if they don't get the result, they're going to think that I suck. So I better know exactly what to tell them and I better give the solution and they better get a result from it or else it's a reflection on me if they don't. Right. Which comes from a place of lack of self. It's self-worth. Right. So I think we have to be really onto ourselves if as a leader, we're coming from that place or if we are so confident in who we are and we're also so confident in who they are Mm -hmm. that you are sort of. I mean, here's how I look at it now, Debbie. I look at it more like a co-creation. Yeah. It's a co-creation between coach and client. Yes. To answer your question. I really, no, I think that's a beautiful way of saying it as a co-creation. I think that's, that's at its best. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So I do think, yeah, I think we, I think we agree on this completely. I think that, and I know that we've probably both experienced coaches that it doesn't feel like a co-creation. It feels like this is really the better way to go. And I probably have done that too. I can be a bit opinionated. I think mine comes from Shirley. I know better. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't resonate with that person, um, it isn't better. Like it's the opposite. So it has to, it has to land. It has to feel like this feels really, you know, it's like trying to find that, um, that place of, you know, in my work, it's a lot of place of authenticity and passion. Are we aligning there? Is this feeling like something you can really get excited about? Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I think we might be onto something here, yeah. but, um, but yeah. And I think, 
I think in a group program, there's definitely a dance in place because sometimes the time that you spend with each person might not be as long as can, you know, like to learn all the things that you would possibly want to know. So there can be a, a, a quick to let's get this done kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, from the coach's chair, but yeah, the pedestal thing, um, very dangerous place to be regardless of how successful the person is. And I think that's inherent with a lot of the marketing, a lot of the, Oh gosh, I could really go on there. Yeah. But yeah. And, and well, okay. Let's actually talk a little bit about the marketing piece. I've got another question I want to ask you about yeah, yeah. transition, but we'll get, we'll get to that in a minute because so I would, you're an expert in branding and marketing. So I'd really love to hear your take on this. You know, it's almost as though our marketing messages are perpetuating this cycle that we're talking about. And when you observe what's going on, and and I do believe like part of this is just like, what's the lens that I'm looking at it through or anybody's looking at it through. But there also is this sense of, well, the people who are marketing, honestly, from a place of like making, like preying on your shame of yourself, like as a way, it's like playing on everybody's shame, Mm -hmm. but it makes a lot of money. Yeah. It makes a whole lot of money to market yourself that way. Yeah, and I think I a lot of folks get sucked into going in some of these directions using your word that are a little bit inauthentic. Yeah. Because it is what's making money. I mean, you were even using the example of the strategist that you're working with said like, go here because you're going to make more money, like make your program yeah. six months because right. of who you're going to attract and how much more money you're going to make and how much less you'll probably work. Yeah. Versus not that that person is trying to like, no, shame you, not at all. No. but. Where do we go with this, with our marketing? And is there, I know the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Is there a really big opportunity for us to really shift how marketing has been done for a very long time so that it is much more real, authentic, and coming from that place versus sucking someone in mm-hmm. who's then coming to you looking at you as though you are the pedestal and you are the bearer of yeah. all the answers. Well, I think there's a couple different questions in here. And, and when you say that a couple of people came to mind and I will not use their name. So I'll describe what I saw in my head. I'll describe the coach that maybe got to fly on a private jet and took a lot of pictures and talked about millions and millions of dollars. And that can make others feel like, wow, that's not me. I'm now putting this coach on a pedestal. Um, my background, and this is where I, I want to, there's, a, there's, it's so fascinating to me in the coaching space, this kind of celebrity coach status, famous person coach thing, um, is done a lot or, and let's, and if it's not that it's, Oh, like the headline is, you know, 10 K months. I mean, we've seen this to death. I made X this year. That's why you should work with me. Now I do tell people how much I make. Cause I think it's part of like a, it's just, that's not my headline though mm-hmm. at all. In fact, people aren't going to come work with me because they want to make X, Y, Z, but this, let's get to the celebrity thing. I think I'll start there. The celebrity. And I've even heard some coaches say, you need to position yourself as a celebrity to make it in coaching. I disagree. <laughs> there will always be people that will be attracted to that because there just always will be. We have a very celebrity statusy culture. That's always going to be the place. Uh, that's always going to happen. I believe the best marketing and the most effective marketing is when you can really zero in on what makes your way, your coaching practice, your program, your facilitating really unique. And I believe that people actually want to uh, be facilitated with someone that gets results in a, in a way that feels really good to them where they are co-creating. I love that word co-creating. See, there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I believe that. And so I teach that way. I am actually the anti-celebrity statusy coachy expert. I don't think to me that feels so thin and mm. so veneer. Mm-hmm. So, but does that work for people? Sure, it does. But I also think 
people will find the people they're meant to work with. I mean, I want to feel like, okay, if I don't do that and I come from a place of authenticity and, you know, really focusing on what makes people unique and that everyone is unique and we're all on the same level, I'm just going to guide you. I want to believe that. I do believe that I'm going to get better clients. I'm going to have more fun. They're going to have more fun. They're going to want to stay. And it's just going to be a really awesome thing. So as a marketer, you know, and that does mindset work. Yeah, I believe that. Um, I don't think we can get away with that. I think it's an easy thing to prop up and do. But for me, there's nothing tangible there. It's like fancy wrapping, but really, really, why is it so great? Like, tell me more about that. Um, so yeah, twofold. One, I think it works for some people, but for the people that are meant to work with me, I don't think they're attracted to that. You know, I'm attracted. I think the people that are more impact driven would be more inclined to work with me. I think it would turn off a lot of the people that I work with, but it's out there. I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think that's the culture we live in, but you know, I'd like to think that things are changing. I think having, you know, I have two daughters in their twenties. I really think the world is changing. I really think that to a lot of people that there's elements of that. I mean, it'd be a I mean, it's repulsive to, to a lot of people. So I think it's what your values are and what you attract. And, and I do believe what you put out there is what you get back. I think we've all heard that, but I do believe that to be true. Yeah. I yeah. I, I think we live in a world. Yeah, you are. I think what, I mean, we are not that this is like brand new. I mean, I think we lived in a world for a really long time where there is this ideal that you really do have to make yourself fit in. Yeah. To what you see. I mean, I, that's something I have struggled with until not too long ago, actually. I mean, I'd say like the last two years, I really came into my own more of accepting, like, this is my message and this is how I want to share it. And this is who I am in the world, take it or leave it. But when you're in, I think it's probably any industry, not just the online coaching service-based industry. There is this idea that you really do feel like you've got to fit into the picture and image of what you see out there that supposedly is making a lot of money. And I have so many conversations like private zoom conversations with people who have made a lot of money and they've made more money than they've ever made before, but they are so unhappy mm-hmm. and they like, don't like what they're doing. They don't like the type of work they've created. They um, literally want to go in a completely different direction And they, I mean, I went through this to a degree for like a little over a year where it's like, I can't even figure out what I want to do. I've got to like bring it all down to like a screeching halt so that what's really in there can actually come to the surface. And I get asked, I, Debbie, I get asked all the time. I mean, you like watched me go through all of that Yeah. for like a year, year and a half. I get asked all the time who coached me through that. Wow. Because people assume I figured it out. A coach helped me figure it out. Oh, see, that's so interesting. No coach helped me figure it out. No. I didn't join a program to figure that out. In fact, I pulled away from the programs that I was in and just like stopped showing up. Not because anybody was bad, mean, or wrong. Yeah. But it was like, I've been listening to everybody else tell me who I am and what I'm supposed to do for the first time in my life. Like I actually need to listen to myself. But again, I want to reiterate that doesn't mean that the conversation we're having means like we're writing off no. coaches and programs because we have them ourselves. We we have them ourselves and and I, I'm a big believer, but I think with anything, uh, you can take that, you know, your voice is the voice of what you do, your thoughts. I mean, it's your business, it's your program, it's your, uh, you know, this is your work, whatever that work is for you. And experts have, you know, areas where they're, they're expert at. And I think that's important for all of us to learn from, but we can't take that piece of expert advice or expert thought and just like put it on top of us. Like, okay, now I'm like this, you know, it's, it's really more, and it is a co-creation. It's an assimilation that works for you. And I think the mistake is when we think, okay, we're just going to take this and slap it on. Okay. That doesn't work. You know, it's like, is it really in, and you know, does it make sense with how I feel with how my program is and my weighing other things? Can I take a piece of that and maybe 
speak my voice into it differently. That's where there's power. I don't, and, and I don't think any expert would say, oh, I meant for them to take this exact thing and do exactly that. It was just a suggestion. But I think we take some of those suggestions on the receiving end and think, this is, this is the, this has been handed down on two stones and like, I must do it this one way. And it's like, yeah. I would never give advice like that. I don't think any, but any expert does. I think it's how we receive it. And that's because we're not listening to our gut and like, okay, part of that was really good. I think I'm going to take a piece of that, but I'm going to pass on those green beans. This is something Liz and I talk about, you know, there was like a platter of food and like, really like the grapes. I really like the salad. But um, those green beans might make me a lot of money, but I don't, I don't like green. I'm going to pass on the green beans. I'm going to pass mm-hmm. on that. So I think we have to listen to do that. Not just like, I got to eat everything on that plate. Cause that's what they said to do. When I think that you've got to have that mindset going into an engagement inside of a program or with a coach, like you've yeah. got to come in with, I'm going to take the nuggets and that's, I'm going to get my investment. Yeah. You know, like I, there have been programs I've been in or like in-person events where I could have left after day one. Like I got what I needed and I got my money's worth. I don't even need to hear what else you got to share. I'm sure it's great. Like, let me go work with this for now. And I got what I needed. And I think you really have to have that mentality. And, you know, when it comes to like, take 100% responsibility for your results, it really does start in your mind. Yes. How are you entering into the engagement? How are you entering into the engagement and have 100% responsibility and ownership over your thoughts, feelings, and emotions, honestly, yeah, because you're going to have a much better experience in that environment and in that container when you come from that perspective versus putting that responsibility and ownership and trust too much in the curriculum or the person oh, program. Yeah. I think it's highly dangerous for anyone to think, um, I'm going to sign up for something and, um, it's going to magically you know, like it's going to be the silver bullet. It's just going to do its magic on me. I would never think that about signing up with anything. Yeah. Yet I've heard those words come out of people. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, this is about activating what you already have. You get to do that work. I'm going to guide you. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, I see this a lot too. And, and we do have, you know, we do have to be careful in our marketing. Yes. It can do all these things. Yes. These are some, some actual client results. Yes. They're amazing. But every one of those people that got those amazing results knew it was up to them and were listening and knew that this was what they were creating with guidance. So I think it's, I think the onus is on, you know, both parties, obviously, but there's both. There's also, you know, there's, there's people that I think aren't listening enough to themselves and just keep consuming without even taking things that really are in alignment and just doing too fast of a flip every time they go and work with someone new. Mm, Yeah. Then there's that. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So there's one other thing that I really want to hear you talk about today. Okay. Um, You were sharing this before we press record. So much juicy stuff like happens before you press record. And everybody I talked to, I'm like, why didn't we press record 13 minutes ago to capture that? You should say, (laughs) actually, we recorded that whole pre-conversation. Do you mind? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, okay. So you were talking about, we were like catching up before we press record and correct my words, but you were talking about how, like we were talking about transition and transformation and you were like, you know, there's this thought in your mind and Mm -hmm. we all have this thought, like, when am I ever going to, you didn't say, when am I going to get there? But like, when am I going to like land? When am I going to find my place where like, I don't have to keep going through these transitions, whether it's life Mm -hmm. category or business category. And I just think like you have so much wisdom. I mean, for God's sakes, you have built six businesses and you've been doing this for 30 years. (laughs) The transitions don't stop. Like they haven't stopped yet, Debbie. They're not going to stop. So preach to us a little bit here (laughs) around this. If if they don't stop, then I, I probably make them happen. I'll just move to Mexico to keep them going. Um, yeah, I was saying we were talking about there's been a lot of transitions in my life on a personal level. I've lost a parent. I've, I've got things going on with family members and, you know, I'm just like, can, can the ground just be still for a little bit? And and then just talking about business. And it's, I think we're always looking for that, that solid place where we're going to get there. And then, but logically knowing, of course we never will. And like, how are we okay with that? 
And it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, back to like, it's, it's the journey and it is, but I think we all think and it's so human to think when I have this launch and I get this many clients, when so-and-so is feeling better, when this is, you know, you know, mom is out getting, staying busy and all these things are in place, boy, I'm going to feel amazing. It's, I'm going to land. It's like, I'm never landing. We're never landing. And be, are we okay with that? That transition. I feel like I've been saying I'm in transition for the last two years. I think the world's in transition. I don't think any of us are landing. And are we okay with that? Are we okay with continually flowing? We're not landed ever. And I think that's just a reality of also running your own business is, you know, obviously I must have some comfort with, you know, I have friends that look at me and like, clearly, I mean, some call it chaos. It's like, well, I don't see this as chaos, but it's what I know. I'm constantly moving. It's like, okay, the words that are coming up for me, it's like accepting and honoring, settling into being unsettled Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Cause it is unsettling. I mean, being an entrepreneur is unsettling. Being a human being is unsettling inherently every single day. There's something that's going to happen. That's unsettling. Yes. Being an entrepreneur. It's like, like on steroids, it's unsettling. Yes. And you can kind of sit in the pocket of that. Yeah. And like ride that wave. Yeah. And not feel like you're just being tossed around in like the rip current and your, you know, limbs are being ripped off. And that's what I'm getting out of it. Listening to you share. Yeah. And I think it's like being okay with that. And you might actually get tossed a little bit. And for a minute, you might feel like that. Yeah. But you're going to come up for air. You're going to like, you know, okay, stay calm, stay calm. I got this. And and then you can just look, I mean, being an entrepreneur, you know, it's always in movement. It's always in flux, but you know what? So is being an employee. Look at what's happening right now. You know, I just picked up my phone and saw that um, Amazon's going to lay off thousands of people. It's like, that feels really crappy because you think you're under the illusion that you have stability. And so it's such a flip. I've always been one to be, I'd much rather, I haven't had a full-time job in 29 years. I think it'll almost be 30. I know because I was pregnant with my first daughter. So for me, I'd rather be in control of that, even though it's not for everyone, but I think your listeners are in the same boat. And, um, just, yeah, I think for me, it's just knowing that maybe it's always going to seem like it's in transition and maybe, you know, it's how we think about that. You know, I'm always learning. I'm always growing. I'm always that transition allows me to learn so many new skills along the way that I would never have learned. I'm still learning new skills. I'll never stop. Yeah. And I think it's just looking at it with different eyes through that, but no one ever lands. I think that's a misconception too. I think people can look at you or me or others and go, oh, they're landed. Oh no, we don't feel Hell no, hadn't landed. Nobody's landed. There's no landing. <laughs> no, no. I think I jumped to another plane in the air. Like, yeah, recently. yeah. No, but I think there is that misconception too. Yeah. I was listening to, um, it must've been an Instagram story and I caught this. It was Ed Milet. You know who Ed Milet is, right? Ed Milet. And he goes, I'm addicted. I have the note in my phone. I should look at it. But he was like, um, I'm using most of his words. I'm addicted to, basically, he's like, I'm addicted to self-expansion. Oh, yeah. So every single day, he's addicted to expanding himself further and further and further. And when we try to just keep things the same, you're not expanding at all. Even though... You know, you and I have discussed this a little bit lately. It's like, there's a lot of change in the air. Yeah. And in our industry, it's like clients change, programs Mm -hmm. change, Mm -hmm. who you work with changes, like all the things, team members change and all that is okay. Yeah. And I think we make it wrong. We make it mean something about our, we make it mean something bad or wrong about ourselves. We make it mean something bad or wrong about the other people that are involved. Mm -hmm. We make it mean something just bad and wrong in general. When what if that was your next layer and level of expansion, even if it feels painful in the moment of it, like in the thick of it, which it will, it will all does. You all have like the feels around it in the thick of it. But on the other side of it, it's like you just blossom into this next, I mean, 
like just a, an evolution of yourself. Yeah. Which means you're never going to land. If you're on that path, if you're on that path, you're never going to land. You're never landing. <laughs> yeah. I think that's so interesting. I, I really do. Cause I think if we, you know, and, and it's so hard and kind of going full circle back to this idea that we put people on pedestals, just like how we put celebrities on pedestals and people that have accomplished great things on pedestals, nobody's landing here. And I think that's like, oh, well, then I must be doing okay. I mean, everyone's, you're, you're flowing, you're moving. We're all doing okay, you know? And I, I think that's a really beautiful thing about running your own business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it takes a lot of like self-trust. I mean, we've been talking a lot about the inner knowing, self-trust, self-love. Yes. Self-respect. I think it all starts there and then you can oh, yeah. share that outward with others. I totally agree. Forgiveness, appreciation, all of it. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Daily. Uh-huh. Yeah. All over again. All over again. I mean, Debbie, we could just keep talking about this forever, but I know time is time is of the essence and we are running out of time. So if people want to connect with you, follow you, I know you have a Facebook group, you've got mm-hmm. House of Impact, your signature program, your year-long program. So tell us a little bit more about how to connect with you and what you've got going on heading into 2023. Yeah. Well, most of my energy is focused on the House of Impact. Um, that's my brand and biz uh, program for women entrepreneurs. That's very uh, soul-led, soul-driven. Um, the best way to, to connect with me probably would be on Instagram at frankly Deb. And uh, I can direct you to just about anywhere there. And then, yeah, 2023 for me is uh, is this program. And just like we talked about, I'm continually making changes. Um, I am continually um, upgrading things. How can I, you know, have massive community? And um, just kind of like I said, I want to get people to their goals in a short amount of time. But we need community. I'm, I'm a big proponent of that. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's what's going on. Lots of connection. I mean, I think, you know, my year, my word of the year for 2023 was connection. I was just talking to someone this morning and I feel like I'm still on that. I'm still on that ride. I feel like, I don't know if I'm going to, if I'm thinking friendship, if I'm thinking, but it's, that is very big on my priority list. However, that comes out for 2023. Mine too. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.